I'm ready to go. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to a Friday episode of Coast to Coast Podcast. Today, without Jose, he's got some class going on, but, you know, we wrap up. I mean, he's not even wrapping up the year yet. I think he, he goes on for, like, another month, but I know Carson and I are coming to an end of school, so it means more content coming out. Um, you know, pay attention, though, if you guys follow on Twitter. I'll make sure to repost. Uh, I've got some stuff going out with Sports Illustrated, some articles, so make sure you read those. We've got a lot of NFL draft content coming up. Uh, i got a weekend episode uh, with Chase coming up, talking about NFL draft. Without further ado, Carson, how's it going? And, uh, yeah, how about them Warriors? Good game last night. It was a great game last night. Hopefully we get the sweep. Um, I'm really excited for this, man, because there's just a lot of young talent in the NBA. We're really, like, blessed right now as fans to be getting just such, like, a crazy amount. Of, uh, of talent so fast so this is what this episode is going to be all about show yeah. low to those guys we under had to 25 guys under 25 because i started looking at my list and i was like oh shit donovan mitchell's 25 i was like uh god like never mind it's just gonna be and he he's been interesting lately so that, that jazz team's looking bad jalen brunson giving them the work um obviously we'll yep. have a playoff episode coming after the first round talking about some teams that surprise uh, didn't live up to uh, epic expectations, so on and so forth. But uh, we're going to hop into our list. Um, I'll put a little graphic on the screen so you guys can follow along. Um, with my first player on the list, I got to go with Luca. I mean, this man comes straight into the league and was immediately producing at an all-star caliber level. Uh, he's, not, he's gotten better every single year, and it seems like this Mavericks team is really looking for him to come back because not like they doing bad. They're up 2-1 in the series against the Jazz at the time of recording. But um, he's going to make them even that much better. You know, put him and Brunson in there in the backcourt. Keep Dinwiddie off the bench. Shot, do you see that Dinwiddie poster last night? That shit was Nasty. filthy. But, no, I got to mm-hmm. go with Luca. Uh, you know, he's the best rebounding guard in the league. He's the best. He's uh, one of the most creative guards. He's – He's got a whole package. He's he kind of like a James Harden, like Houston, when he was just dominating like that. Kind of what it reminds me of. Uh, but you actually have a different number one. I mean, those two guys, these two guys are top two. I don't. There's no argument for anyone else, in my honest opinion. Uh, you got the man out there in Boston, Jason Tatum. What do you guys say about him? Yeah, I want to make it interesting. I um, you know, I really value the defense, and this definitely you know can be um attested this a little bit of recency bias for sure, but. I mean, this guy literally has blocked KD like twice. He's playing fantastic defense. I really just value that slightly above what Luca brings to the table because we're just not really sure yet if, uh, you know, an all like, you know, high rate guard can really win yet. I mean, Harden got close, um, but he had a guy like CP next to him. I'm not really sure, you know, where that's going to go in the future. Now, if Luca gets a second guy, kind of like Tatum has a second guy in Brown, then I might have to reconsider, but I think as of now, I just, I value the defense slightly a little bit more, but there's no denying how great Luca is either. I mean, he's, he's right there. It's really a one, a one B situation. I think they're, I think they're really close. Yeah. And I mean, I made a prediction last uh, episode when I said that I think Tatum's going to run away with being the, the clear guy in that race by the end of this, uh, just because I think, and shout out the playmaking. Look at the stats. He's averaging nine assists so far through two games a 10-assist game and an 8-assist game. Uh, he's making some plays out there because they don't really have a true point guard. Uh, you know, they got Smart out there, guard. They got um, – who else they got? I mean, Derek White runs out there, uh, Jalen Brown yeah. and so forth. But 
He's making some plays, which is good to see for this team. Uh, Robert Williams expected to be back for game three, but I think we all have our eyes on game four to see how Ben Simmons will do in his return to the court. It's been uh, almost a year now since he's played. I feel like it's been over a year since we've seen him on the court. Mm-hmm. The but, of course, Carson hey, has... Hey, um, can I say something about Tatum real quick that I'm glad you brought up? Yeah, I love that you brought up the playmaking. I think that's really been, you know, kind of the last thing that he's really needed. That and just the consistency and, and going to the basket just a little bit more. But the playmaking is huge because that's one thing that Luca, you know, is, is so much better at than Tatum. But I think if Tatum can just, you know, really, really close that gap a little bit slightly, um, then, yeah, that, that means a lot too. And, I mean, I'm kind of like predicting a little bit with this pick as well because, I mean, if Tatum, if they get out of this first round, they end up making, you know, a finals run, it, it's going to be impossible not to put them up there. No, yeah, solidifying himself as one of the best young players in the league, uh, of course, mm-hmm. as he already is. But then, of course, I have Tatum at two, no explanation needed. And I think same with Carson, he's got Luka at two. Uh, and then again, we got another switch up. Um, and I think these two guys are both consensus at this point, uh, three and four, whatever way you want to go. I'll start with you here. Uh, you have John Morant at number three. Uh, talk about the guy in Memphis who – uh, looked like he was an MVP front runner at one point this season. Kind of slipped away from him due to some injuries. Probably doesn't help that his team was twenty and two without him being out there. But uh, let's talk about John Morant. Yeah. So Ja at three. This this one again, like the argument we just had, super super close. Um, I just do value the winning a little bit more. You made the point that you know earlier, you know off camera that his supporting cast you know is is better. I mean, Trey Young, I just value the fact that Ja, you know, they overperformed. Um, you know, he led them. He, you know, he's, you know, by far uh, their leader right now. I don't care, you know, how many games, you know, they won without him. His winning, uh, I value that over Trey Young and the Hawks, you know, kind of underperforming this season. But that that doesn't, you know, I still love Trey's playmaking a, a little bit more than Ja's for sure. But I had to go with Ja just because of the winning. Yeah, I mean, and the reason why I'm going with Trey Young is because he's simply uh, the best playmaker in the NBA at this point. Uh, looking at the way they offensively uh, impact the game, John Morant uh, doesn't have uh, – Trey Young has the edge on him offensively in terms of offensive blocks plus minus. Uh, both aren't really great defenders, but Ja is uh, at least a tier above him uh, in, when it terms of defense. I mean, of course, you know, we see the flashy blocks, use the volleyball spike last night everything like that. But, you know, I'm also going to take the, I mean, I got to come, I'm going to put a little bit on the resume at this point. Um, you know, Trey Young has been consistently, he was, he's been better throughout his entire career. I mean, he's got one more year on jaw, but um, you know, jaw was a little bit sloppy, sloppy last year. And that's kind of, I mean, I put him on our podcast. I said that uh, he's a guy that's overrated that, you know, need to step up. And of course uh, it was a wake up, was a wake up call. Uh, you know, we'll say it's the wake up call he needed that he was listening to us. Yeah, and um, he read that for sure. Put out, but um, and then again, you know, he's got Desmond Bain, a guy that uh, looks like he's going to be a fringe all star going out through his career. He was fantastic last night in that twenty six point comeback. Uh, they yeah, won by yeah. nine, so it was a thirty five point swing, which is crazy. Um, obviously, Jaron Jackson Jr. is uh, looking to be an elite defender. Uh, Brandon Clark, we we're talking about him. Uh, he's eaten. He's been playing well. I'm happy that he's finally getting minutes because. I know Tillman was start was playing over him for a while, um, you know Stephen Adams and so forth, and then the Hawks. It's kind of just a combination of guards and like John Collins not really being healthy 
and then like Bella needing to be there for them to really work. And we've already seen Trey Young lead his team uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals and put up a fight against a team that ended up winning the finals, uh, who, who are in trouble now with Chris Middleton uh, expected to miss a couple weeks. But um, nonetheless, John Morant's a great player. Trey Young's a great player. I'm just trying with Trey, Trey in this situation. First player ever to lead NCAA in points and assists and, and, and NBA in points and assists, which is insane. I think um, Nate Archibald was the last player to lead the NBA in points and assists. And if you know anything about Nate Archibald, he played a long fucking time ago. So shout, shout out Trey. But um, I guess we don't really need to talk about uh, R4. So we'll have the number five um, where we start to see more of a, a variety in our list. Um, I got LaMelo Ball here. Uh, I know you have Anthony Edwards, a lot of having that to do with how he's been playing recently. But I just mm-hmm. got LaMelo because uh, he's been fantastic since the start of his career. Uh, just taking a look uh, at the stats for Melo Ball this season, uh, you know, unfortunately they weren't able to make the playoffs. But 20 points, seven and a half assists, almost seven rebounds, shooting 39 from three and 43 from the field. Uh, was an all-star this season as well. Um, a plus defender uh, as well for his uh, position especially due to the size that he has. Um, I just think he's simply been more consistent than Anthony Edwards. I mean, he is the main focal star in his team, so you're going to see a lot more than that uh, when it comes to the ball being in his hands. But uh, that's just why, I mean, I was juggling a lot of players there, and I decided to run with Melo because uh, I feel like he's been that guy. But Ant is nothing short of that, an extreme athlete. What do you, what do you got for Anthony Edwards at five? Yeah, LaMelo, you got to give it to him. He is the all-star. And um, I think he does, you know, a lot more for his team in terms of just getting everybody involved. I do value that as well, that he's kind of like a guy like a Trey Young or like a Luka Doncic where he is like the facilitator of the floor general, but he has, you know, he has a much smaller, or maybe not much smaller, but it seems like, you know, he's not holding the ball as much as those guys are. He doesn't have the same usage rate. Um, he's got a smaller bag. Edwards, man. His bag in yeah. his <laughs> Yeah. Um, but with Edwards, just the way that, you know, he, he's, you know, he's taken over, uh, you know, two playoff games now. And I think he's just really been showing, like, he's just been giving us little flashes of this upside that is a guy that, yeah, is the best player, you know, potentially in, in a playoff series. I mean, the way that he's taken over a couple of these games. Um, and I think I value that and the ability to, you know, in certain, in certain stretches and certain moments, you know, he can be the best player on the floor and just take over or slightly over LaMelo and his, uh, you know, his floor general, you know, being awesome, getting everybody involved. Yeah. So, I mean, valid, there's, there's no wrong answers when it comes to these guys in these positions. I mean, unless you're, we have the, the same guys in the five through seven, just in slightly different. Yeah. Spots. Yeah, exactly. I'll say, there's none of those guys are good enough to break the top four yet, but they're all they're they're a tier below. There's the two at the top, they're in their own tier. Then there's the, the three and four, and then there's the drop off, and then it gets a little interesting when you get towards the bottom of the list. Um, yeah, number six, definitely though, tiers for yeah, sure. Number six, we got the same guy, um, a guy who's transformed his team, uh, went from being the worst statistical basketball player in the 2020-2021 season in Darius Garland out of Vanderbilt to uh, an instrumental piece into how this Cavaliers team was able to make have a chance at the playoffs this year. Obviously, the, if it wasn't for the play-in, they would have been in the playoffs like any other normal year. But 
Honestly, those, those days are far gone from us, but you know, he had some impactful players alongside who are making, missing out on this list, such as an Evan Mobley or Jared Allen, even the guy that's under 25 as well. Um, if we were going to like a 20, there'd be, you know, those three Cavaliers on here. Yeah. And shoot, if one of them was healthy, who knows? We may have four Cavs, but nonetheless, I want you to talk about Darius Garland, obviously uh, a great playmaker this year. Uh, he's got a bag. He's been scoring over 20 points a game. Uh, inefficient as well. Uh, why Why Garland? I love Garland. And I think the main reason I have him here is um, the fact that he's so efficient and he's so good at, you know, getting everybody involved. Um, with a lot of guys that, you know, can't really, you know, it's hard for them to kind of create their own shot. And his usage rate is just crazy. I mean, you know, he does everything for this team. He is really the only option they have on offense because they have a lot of guys that, you know, you know, are, are really solid, are really great, but they just, you know, have a little bit of trouble creating their own shot. Unlike Garland, who is, you know, when he's off the floor, it's just, it's tough for them on offense. It really is. He is everything to them when it comes to the offensive side of the floor. And, you know, he's not the best defender or anything, but that's okay because everyone else backs him up on defense because the Cavs, you know, are really, really solid defensively. So um, Garland, I think a theme of this list is just guys that, um, you know, can score efficiently and, you know, get their guys in involved as well. You know, they're, they're two of the three facets of basketball and, you know, the passing, uh, the defense and the offense. Yeah. And um, like you said, it, they lose a lot when he goes off the court, which is, you know, a huge reason why is Colin Sexton going to return the team? I think that's a huge question mark for this Cavaliers team going into the offseason. We'll definitely cover that when we talk about offseason moves for these teams. And it sucks that Ricky Rubio went out because he was a guy that fit that role perfectly. Uh, he was playing well when Garland was not on the court. Uh, and it was sad to see him go injured, and I think he got traded eventually. I um, I do want to say, though, I yeah, I'm glad you brought up Rubio because I think going forward, I really like that type of guard, like, uh, you know, a secondary and, you know, can also switch to being a primary playmaker because I think Garland is really great off the ball. I mean, you know, he, you know, he's out there moving, you know, a lot like a, you know, like a, a Curry sometimes, to be honest, you know, coming around a lot of screens. Um, and I think his shooting and his range is like that dangerous where, yeah, a guy like Rubio, I think fits more than a guy like a Levert who, you know, didn't really play that well with him or Sexton, you know, the guys that are, are ball dominant, mostly ISO scores. Exactly. Those are what those two guys provide. Uh, going down the list though, uh, number seven, I have Anthony Edwards. You have Mellow Ball. Anything you want to touch while you have Mellow in that position over where I have him and vice versa? Um, yeah, I just um, I just think the scoring um, is just a little a little inconsistent uh, for me sometimes with Lamelo. I just feel like um, I'm just getting a little bit more from Garland and Edwards. But Lamelo, I mean, because you you touched on it a little bit, I just think the bag uh, you know isn't as big, but He's going to get there. I mean, he's, you know, he's the same age as Edwards. He, he, uh, he's going to develop that for sure. But I just think as of right now, I trust, you know, Garland and Edwards, uh, you know, scoring a little bit more than Lamella. Yeah. And then with Edwards, I mean, a great step up from his rookie season to his sophomore season, uh, you know, looking at the box, I mean, offensive and defensive box plus minus um, increase dramatic, drastically in offensive, still got to get his defensive up. A little bit. He's got the whole. He's got the potential to be a lockdown defender in the league with how athletic he is. Um, but you know, I just value what the other guys uh, above the list have done over him. Uh, you know, already all star selections for those guys. Anthony Edwards should have been an all star, but 
there's just simply not enough space in the West when it comes down to it. But um, not much I really need to say. Uh, comes to number eight, we got two guys who uh, kind of fly under the radar at times, I feel like, because um, there's a lot of guys in their team that tend to produce. With me, I got Bam at a bio at number eight, a guy who is probably the third most like popular player on his team at this point since Tyler Hero everyone's obsessed with because he's Mr. Superman. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Butler's uh, obviously been awesome. And then there's Bam. And then you got Brandon Ingram, who had a fantastic game, too, uh, against the Suns. I believe they're playing tonight, if the time works up to that. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes with Devin Booker being out. But, man, he is showing out without Zion there. I want you to talk about Brandon Ingram because uh, I have him on my list just uh, a little bit down there. But uh, what do you got to say about B.I.? Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely, yeah, got to – Got to throw some recency bias in there. But what he did, you know, to Phoenix in that game too, and yeah, you know, it is, you know, one game. But he, you know, the second half of the season, ever since they got CJ, you know, both of them have been, you know, one of the highest scoring duos um, in the league. He's just been, you know, consistently like 25 plus a game uh, efficiently. Um, and what he did to the Suns was, was masterful, man. I mean, we're really seeing a guy that's, really figuring it out right now. And someone that, you know, he's, all, you know, he was an all-star, what, last year, two years ago? Two years ago um, in 1920. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that's been, I feel like right there, just kind of a lot silently, though, a lot more silently than everyone else, just because his team hasn't really been, you know, all that great. Um, but, you know, he stayed right there with the rest of the guys on our list, and he really just, you know, put it all together in that game against, you know, Phoenix, who has, you know, one of the best defenses in the league and, you know, they're a championship favorite. So um, a little bit of recency. And with Bam, the reason I kind of had Bam a little bit lower is just, I just feel like the offense has just, you know, really, um, you know, hasn't progressed at all. It's kind of kind of actually gone backwards a little bit. I don't really think he's the same playmaker as we saw uh, in the bubble. And I just think, you know, the offense I mean, he should really be, you know, kind of punishing, you know, the guys on the Hawks. You know, they don't have Capella. It's really just Collins, a um, bunch of other guys. And he just, you know, isn't really able to, you know, put his imprint, you know, offensively too much. But the defense is, oh, my gosh. I mean, he probably would have been a finalist um, for defensive player of the year if he was healthy the whole season. Yeah. And then, uh, like, just want to touch on Ingram. I mean, I'll get to him in a second. But uh, one of the – best players that goes extremely unrecognized. He's averaged 23 and a half points since he's gotten to new Orleans escaped that Lakers drama, which man, the Lakers have looked bad these last 10 years in terms of ever since Kobe walking away from the game. Uh, it just seems like it's been a whole bunch of mess. You know, people talking about is the bubble even, can you even give credit to the bubble team? Because it seemed like players were playing out of their minds there. There was no distractions, you know, especially in LA, there's a lot of ideas and so on and so forth, but I need a sidetrack there, but Brandon Ingram, fantastic player. I think if he had, had a good defensive game, which I think he could with his length, he could be as high yeah. as five on this list because he's so talented offensively. And um, mm -hmm. I think he shot, he shot a little bit worse from three this year, but you know, that's probably because he doesn't have Zion alongside him who, you know, is going to draw so much attention. He's a gravity guy. People are going to come towards Zion when he's getting towards the rim. Pass out to Brandon Ingram. He's going to hit the shot. But talking about Bam, though, I mean, you mentioned the playmaking. That, of course, is going to happen when you add a guy like Kyle Lowry who's going to be dominating the ball, passing it, assisting it. You know, that's why he's just top down two points. But offensively, mm -hmm. he increased his points per game uh, while playing a whole, whole minute less. And, you know, 
sure, he hasn't been dominating, but the Heat haven't need, needed that from him because, what, they're up 3-0 in the series right now? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they're up 3-0. 2-0, 3-0. Yeah, because they played in Atlanta, so they're up 3-0. Um, mm-hmm. Like you said, defensive, fantastic. He's the guy who you get switched out of the perimeter. He's going to be able to guard those guys out there. I like what Bam brings to the table. It'll be interesting to see, though, how he plays throughout the rest of these playoffs because that's going to be a big determinant on him, uh, especially how he works on this list. But we're going to go to number nine, a guy who I think could legitimately – oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off real quick. That just reminded me of something, you know, you said how he's going to look in the rest of the playoffs. Next series, it, you know, because it's there's a 99.9% chance it's going to be them and the Sixers. Um, his matchup against Embiid – that's going to be a real litmus test as to, you know, whether, you know, he'd move up a spot or two in my list because, yeah, I mean, he could, who Point knows? I mean, he could, yeah, he could clamp up, you know, Embiid for, you know, a couple games or really, you know, hold him uh, for a series. And that would, that would really change it for me, especially with how dominant Embiid's been offensively. Yeah. I mean, sure. I'm not no Eric Spolstra, of course, but I feel like when it comes down to it, they got to have Bam lock him down. You want to force the other guys in the perimeter to win the game for them. Harden has been bad these playoffs. He's notoriously not notoriously known for being bad in the playoffs and coming up when it needs to be. Force a young guy like Maxi to make a play. Force a guy like Tobias Harris to make a play. Force a guy like Danny Green to make a play. Don't make Joel Embiid dominate you inside because Ben gets in the foul trouble. You know, you're throwing P.J. Tucker on him. P.J. Tucker's going to get dominated despite P.J. being a great defender. It, it's Joel Embiid. So it's yeah, it's Embiid. But no, like I was saying before we got sidetracked, number nine, a guy who I think could even push for the top four on this list if he has a fantastic season next year is Cade Cunningham, uh, the Pistons' number one overall draft pick. Missed a couple of games to start the season, uh, but basically put up uh, 17 uh, points. Uh, what were the other stats? I think like six and 17, five and a half, five and a half. Uh, a guy who He's got a decent supporting cast around him. Sadiq Bey is turning into one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He's got a bag himself. Um, they're hoping to get a top three pick, be able to secure one of those guys, whether that be Chet, Paolo, or Jabari. I think a guy like Chet works perfectly for them. He played alongside Isaiah Stewart at the four. Don't put him at the five early on. I think you got to let him get into the game. Um, or maybe you get Paolo. I don't think Jabari fits with this team. But nonetheless, Cade, He's going to have a better team next year, high expectations for this guy. And I think he's going to deliver because I knew ever since coming out of Oklahoma State, I knew this guy was going to be a dog. Uh, he was my number one prospect with my number two guy, unfortunately, not being on this list. But this is because there's so much talent. Scotty Barnes, honorable mention. I love that guy. But nonetheless, Cade Cunningham, what are your thoughts about Cade? How do you see him going next year, especially with uh, progression of talent on the Pistons? Um, yeah, Cade, I mean, there's definitely a really strong argument. He has the most upside, you know, on this list to, you know, I think Luca and Tatum are set up there at one and two, but really Cade, you know, it's, you know, only his rookie year. I, he really does have the potential to really kind of skyrocket maybe in that, you know, three through five range. You said it. He, um, he's special, man. I mean, what he was doing this year, he was another guy like Garland that he was really, you know, kind of their whole offense, but also he doesn't really need the ball you know, he's not really ball dominant either. He really gets the ball out. He works well, uh, you know, off the ball because he's, he's a great three-point shooter. Or maybe, you know, he's a good three-point shooter right now, but I think he you know, can really translate and be a great 
three-point shooter. You know, that's only going to get better, I feel like. Um, and, yeah, I really like the upside with them. Hopefully, I'm, I'm actually praying that they, you know, get a top three pick. I think pairing him, uh, yeah, with a Chet or even a Jabari, you know, either of those two guys, you know, adding them to a lineup of Cade, Grant, Bay, and then, uh, you know, Stewart, that's like, you know, I like that formula of kind of like what the Raptors did this year. Just get a bunch of like six, six and above guys and just go out there and be really solid uh, defensively on the wings. Um, and Cade, he's a true point guard. I love how, you know, he runs our team. And if I'm Detroit, man, because of this guy and hopefully because of the top three pick, I'm like, man, you know, this is the best that I felt, you know, probably in 15 years, you know, or maybe, you know, what, 12 years, 13 years. Um, yeah. if you're a Pistons fan, so. He's, he's going to be one of the greatest Pistons of all time if he stays there. I have no doubt about it. And like you said, 6'6", six, six, you know, 6'6", six, six, 220. He's not a LaMelo ball where he's got a skinny frame. He's a big guy, 220. Um, he's going to be a, he's yep. already a good defender. He's going to be a great defender, um, averaging almost one of each steal and block, uh, good numbers, uh, advanced wise. I like what I'm seeing from here. So number 10, keep him and Bay together. You got to keep him in Bay. I really like Bay too. I mean, obviously Kate has, you know, higher upside and everything, but Bay, I really like him as like a second or third guy with, with Kate. Yeah, exactly. But heading into number 10 though. Uh, I don't need to talk much about my guy, Brandon Ingram. We already talked about him. I already gave my spiel about him. I couldn't put him on my list, but damn, damn. I wanted to put this on my list. In his last 20 games, he has only had two games under 20 points, and those were 19 and 18 points. Uh, a guy who's been extremely dominant. He's probably going to be in the intro of this video. I'll throw it in there. But Jordan Poole, the Golden State Warriors, Looks like he's on his way to be a star. Causing a lot of problems out there in Golden State when it comes to guys getting contracts. He's going to want a contract. Andrew Wiggins is going to need a new contract. Draymond, Clay, so on and so forth. But yep. he's young. I think he's only 21 years of age. People were bashing him, saying that he wasn't going to be good as a draft prospect. And look where he is now in one of the best developing systems in the league alongside Toronto and so forth. Jordan Poole. Give me why you got him at number 10 ahead of guys like a Bam Adebayo that you left off your list. Yeah. Um, he, he's been dominating in the playoffs. I mean, the reason he's on this list, he's a 30 point, he's an efficient, hyper efficient. He is a hyper efficient 30 point per game, you know, five, 10 assist guy, you know, really great playmaker as well. You've been seeing those dimes he's been throwing oh. out, you know, it's been crazy. Um, 30 points per game, you know, five tennis, this guy in the playoffs, you know, legit, um, you know, an argument against pool, you know, you know, or taking him off the list is that he, you know, has the best supporting cast. I mean, he gets the, he, he, you know, he gets a ton of space and gets to do whatever he wants because he has clay and, and Curry in the same backcourt. Um, and their defense is really good, but he's just been playing too well to not put on this list. Um, he, he could only go 10 though. I think just because of, you know, yeah, the, just, you know, the 20 games, 25 games you mentioned in this, in this spurt, but he really has kind of been like this all year. It's just been, you know, a little bit more intensified in the playoffs and been a little bit more efficient, but he's really been doing this all year. And I, I'm proud of him. I'm proud that he's getting the love, um, that he, he's been deserving because he really should have been most improved player, man. He's for sure by far the most improved player. This guy was in the G league last year. Now he's dropping 30 in the playoffs and he's a legit guy. And 
dude, sky's the limit, man, because they're the Warriors, like, we're looking like we're going deep in the playoffs. And if he's doing this in, you know, the later rounds as well, I mean, come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Like, there's a world he go he he keeps doing this the whole playoffs. And yeah. I think that thought alone is why he cracked my list. No, he, a lot of future bets with my list. A lot of future bets. He'd have to be uh, dominant throughout the playoffs for him to break my list. I put him. I put him over Ingram if he was dominant. But like you said, hyper efficient. His true shooting percentage is eighty four percent in these three games against Denver. Uh, just to put that in perspective, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, like his his splits. Uh, 60% last night, 50%, 71.4% from three, and then shooting above 62.5% in all three of those games. Uh, some free throw struggles, though, that I would mention last night, but uh, you guys can go ahead. Uh, I just tweeted on Twitter, uh, I mean, at the time of recording, I just dropped an article talking about game, uh, game three and all those guys, but nonetheless, some honorable mentions you want to mention. Um, I'll just go quickly off mine. Um, I'll see Jordan Poole. Um, a guy that didn't even make uh, ESPN's top 25, R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Obviously, they aren't paying attention because, sure, New York Knicks, they're a little bit of a dumpster fire at times. But uh, he's been great in his progression. Uh, I've yeah. three points a game. He's he closed the season really strong. Really, really. Yeah, defense, playmaking. Uh, he's going to be a guy out there. I, I could see him being a dark horse uh, to make a, the All-Star game next year a guy that people wouldn't expect. Obviously, I got Jordan Poole, my honorable mentions. And I think we both, yeah, we both got him. Zion, if he was playing, he would already be in the top. He'd be at number five or something like that. Yeah, year. yeah, let's let's talk about that real quick. We got to give Zion a couple minutes because, like, this is a guy, it's just such a shame that, you know, he's been getting these injuries. Um, but, you know, look at last year when he was healthy. He was an all-star in his second season. He was, like, 26 a game and, you know, five rebounds or whatever. Um, shooting like close to like 70% from the field. I mean, it was just insane what he was doing. And yeah, when he's healthy, yeah, you said five. Yeah, he's probably right there. You know, five or six, uh, right there. He's that good. It just so, yeah. sucks that, you know, he's been getting freaky injuries. I wouldn't put anyone on my, I, I would put him at five because the way Jaws year, I mean, we don't know what his year would have looked like, but kind of based off what he did his last time playing he'd be at five on my list because i couldn't put ann above him couldn't put lamello all those guys so mm -hmm. hopefully he comes back he's got a great supporting cast next year he's got Jonas valanchunas yeah jackson Dang. hayes himself of course uh hey Brent why did can we talk about how jackson hayes <laughs> uh game two turned into like will chamberlain for like a three minute stretch bro he's actually been nasty since they put him at power forward shout out to him and hey i know a yeah. guy that we, we don't have him on this list, but these guys get shouted out. He's not on any of our mentions. Shout out Herb Jones, one of the league's favorite players. Uh, he's going to be a great – he gives me Marcus Smart vibes is what I think he could be uh, to that team. A really gritty defender, uh, kind of spark plug of a guy. Um, but, yeah, how about your honorable mentions and your other guys you want to talk about? Herb Jones, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, not just for rookies, like in the league. Um, Bam, of course, was like right there as well. It was really tough to leave him off, but he's like number 11, uh, you know, if I would have had that. But um, we talked about Zion. RJ is a great pick. I'm really glad you talked about him because, yeah, he really did close out the season. Super strong. Uh, Maxi, 
I mean, 38 points, you know, game one of the playoffs has been really great uh, all series. Um, really, you know, kind of the second most important guy. I mean, he's been a lot more consistent than Harden has. And I think, like you really talked about it, he's the difference maker in that Heat series because I don't really trust – I'm kind of going into that series thinking that Harden – is going to get clamped up and he's not going to play that well against a really elite heat defense. I mean, look what they did to Trey, you know, look what they've been kind of doing to Trey. I think that's kind of what it's going to look like for Harden. And it's going to really be on Maxi to you know, step up and be that, that second scorer alongside Embiid. Uh, so I got him in the honorable mentions. I mean, there's so many, can we just like have like a, you know, kind of a big board. There's just a ton of guys. We just got to give a little quick shout out. I mean, Shea, I mean, Shea would have probably been on this list like last year or something. Yeah. Uh, Shea's in there. Mobley, uh, Halliburton. Aiden's great. I mean, he is, you know, starting center and, you know, low-key, almost an all-star on a, a top team. Uh, Triple J. Um, let see. Who else am I missing? I'm glad you gave Herb Jones some love. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, whenever you're done talking about these guys, I want to know some dudes that you think can make the jump into this top 10 next year, who you think had the most potential and maybe some guys you think that could potentially slip with new players coming to their team situations and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the first guy that comes to mind is Mobley. Yep. Um, Mobley. I think out of all those guys that I kind of just mentioned, the guys that are like, you know, the honorable mentions, you know, like the 11 to, to 20 range or whatever. Um, I think he's the first guy that comes to mind that like, I kind of, I kind of expect him to low key be an all-star next year. If not, you know, he, he was almost kind of there anyways. I think he's, you know, he's a guy, he has like generational upside, I think. And uh, I hope he, I hope he taps into it because the defense is great. The playmaking is really great, surprisingly. And I think the offense, which is a lot better than I think either of us could have expected this year is only going to get better. And when that comes around, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be disgusting. So I think, you know, him getting in that top 10, um, you talked about it, Scott, I mean, your guy, Scotty Barnes, um, you know, he was fantastic. I couldn't have like the ex- thing I expected. From hey, him, so before you get to, if you have anyone else, but I got to mention this last yeah, week, go ahead. the end, the regular season, 22 and a half points, four rebounds, three assists. Um, Shooting 40 from three, 47.8 from field. Who do you think I'm talking about? That, is that Scotty? No, nah, it's Jalen Green. Oh, he Jaylen. had a fantastic yeah. end of the year. Um, you know, a guy that they should be adding the top five pick to their roster as well. Um, I can see him getting into the talk of this list, especially with the bag he's got. He, he can score like no one's business. Uh, and like you said, he, he had a bad start to his rookie season. No doubt about that. Like, he should have been benched, all that stuff. And then came around last 20 games, like I, like I just talked to you guys about. 22 and a half points a game, uh, good efficiency. Um, he can definitely crawl into this list. Um, trying to think of some other guys that are like, I mean. I, I like that you mentioned Green because, yeah, his rookie year, I feel like, you know, I'm not comparing him to this guy, but I think his the way his rookie year went was was really similar to Trey Young. I mean, you remember how bad Trey Young was in his you know his first half of his rookie year? And then oh, the second oh. half, he he really turned it on, and we're like, oh yeah, like this is why you know this guy's a freaking top five pick, and turned out to be who he was. But yeah, Jalen Green, yeah, really closed out the year. What do you think about Giddy? You think they're just 
his team's never going to let him get that good. <laughs> They're going to hold him back. Like, what's your thoughts? I like Giddy, but I just think – I just don't think the offense – the offense is, you know, I think light years behind some of the guys that we just brought up. And uh, I think – you know, I mean, he has games. You know, he had that game against the Knicks where he had, like, a 30-point triple-double. Um, I think, you know, if that improves, I love the playmaking and passing. But I just think, you know, his his uh, attributes, you know, his his play style is just it's just solid. It's just good. You know, he'll be a solid guy. You know, maybe a, a little bit below an All Star level. But I think the upside uh, is just so much higher on the guys ahead of him. So I think he maybe be, you know, maybe in a year or two, it could be like top top twenty five, maybe top thirty. I just I don't know. I think um, I just love the upside of those guys better. It's just the offense for me. You know who's someone who should have been on this list, but he couldn't stay on the court? Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Should have a hundred percent. And um what about Murray? Is Murray is Murray under 25? I would like to say potentially. He is uh 25. He just turned 25. Oh, I just turned 25. Okay. But uh yeah, Michael 24. So yeah, I mean, that's a guy that, you know, he was doing it in the playoffs. I mean, in the bubble, he was off the rails. Um, you know, he's already shown that, you know, he, he's he's like that in the playoffs. Um, yeah, that's a shame. It's, that's- I feel so bad for the Nuggets because, you know, imagine this series, you know, with the Warriors playing at the level they've been playing at. Um, imagine that offensive firepower against Jokic, Murray, <laughs> Porter Jr. I mean, that would be – an insane series. Okay. But I'm just going to remind you what his 2020-2021 stats were. And you you might be baffled if you don't recall. 19 How many games? How many games? How many games? 61. So, not bad. Yeah. 19 points a game. Seven and a half rebounds. Uh, 80% from free throw. 44.5 from three. And 54% from the field. At six yeah. nine six six ten, he's got an offensive game that's unlimited. But yeah, he's got to be on the court, and that's been his problem since Mizzo. Now it's in the NBA. He's got to be on the court because if he is, he can dominate like no one's business. Yeah. And you know, I like you said about the bubble. I fell in love with him in the playoffs. The guy was an endless bag and. Man, it's he's kind of a guy like Ant that you said it, bro. Like his offensive, his offensive game can get so scary sometimes. Where yeah, he he can really take over, and there's like there's really not much you can do with with Edwards. It's his athleticism, and with Porter, it's just the fact that you know he can just get a shot off whenever he wants, and he's great off the ball. He really is kind of like. A six ten like Clay Thompson a little bit, and it's it's really scary. It's really scary. Yeah, like that's what Jabari. Without the defense, I just mean offensively. You know what I'm saying? Like coming off picks and stuff. That's what people hope Jabari Smith turns out to be. Yeah, he's got a great jumper. Yeah, but we can talk all day. But appreciate you guys for listening. Like I said, NFL draft content coming soon. Um, make sure pay attention to Twitter, uh, read the article about the Warriors and such, but appreciate you guys listening. Carson, we had a good episode.
Uh, more stuff coming soon. We'll be talking playoffs. My look at some NFL. Um, talk about how teams' off seasons are after the draft because uh, draft's Thursday, so big moves coming there. See how teams are going. Debo Samuel potentially on the move. Not, uh, not that's so that. sad. What what are we doing? That damn jersey sitting in my closet. I don't even want to think about it. But nonetheless, though, it's Coast Coast Podcast as always. Signing out. Peace.